Father, what a great God you are. Uh, we stand in awe of your power and your love for us. Thank you that you are a merciful God, long-suffering, forgiving, patient with us. May you just bless this morning. Um, be with Norb as he shares your word with us. Encourage our hearts. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. Thank you, guys. Good morning. Just having a little, a little hip problem needed to help getting up the steps. I'm so glad you're here. Excited that you guys are here with us today. Thank you for coming. My name's Norb Metzler, and I'm an elder here, and I serve also as pastor of care and part of the Friendly Greeters ministry. My wife Karen and I are passionate about this subject today, your, your treasures and your hearts. We have uh, lived, you know, we've been married just over 40 years, and we've been practicing God's principles about giving and tithing and serving, you know, all of our lives. We've just got so much to share. I've got a lot of scripture to share with you this morning, and I'm excited that you're here today. So I just want to just offer a word of prayer or two for us. Father, we just thank you again that we can come here today to, to remember and think about the Lord Jesus. Thank you for this song that we just sang, How Great Thou Art. You are truly awesome. You're awesome, great. Thank you for sending your Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. May he be the focus of our hearts and our treasures this morning. May you use the message to... Uh, Lead and bring our hearts closer to Christ than we ever have before in our whole life. Uh, today's scripture reading is uh, from uh, the book of Matthew, chapter 6, verses 19 through 21. It says, Do not store up for yourselves treasures in heaven or treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and rust do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So it's an awesome, awesome thing to think about, you know, where our treasure is and where God, you know, wants it to be. We want to kind of maybe look at some treasures today, some treasures that we have on our minds and our hearts and make a shift towards what God wants us to have our treasures focused on. So we have, a, we have a serious crisis today in our world. We've got, uh, well, first of all, we have a tendency to have our treasures misplaced. And there's a lot of strife today on money and debt. People are in debt. 56% um, of marriages end in divorce today because of struggling finances. So that, it's a big deal. Debt and money and we, we see our focus is on treasures and money a lot. There's other things I'm going to talk about a little bit, but a lot is on money. Take a look at this next slide. Consumer debt in USA, average household debt, credit cards, just over $16,000. People are in debt in credit cards, mortgages, over $172,000, auto loans, $28,000 plus. And look at that one today is, is rising and rising. Student loans are at $49,000, as this is an average. And the, if you total those all, all together in the category of 
the, the total U.S. debt, it's in the billions and trillions of dollars. So, uh, you know, that's a major, a major concern for us. And so I want to think about what, uh, what comes to mind when you think about treasures. Do you think about um, a big pot of gold? You know, that'd be kind of nice, wouldn't it? How many of us think of treasures as a pot of gold? Um, you might think of a, of a, a person. It might be your treasure right now. You know, that could be a guy or a girl. You might think of a fast car. You know, a lot of us like fast cars. That could be a treasure. You might think of a, a nice boat. That could be uh, your treasure. You might think of a nice home. That could be your treasure too. So there are a lot of different treasures, you know, that people think about and that have, have on their minds. Well, interesting enough, God knows how we like treasures and money. He knows all about that. Did you know that there are over 2,300 verses in the New Testament about treasures or about money and the use of money? There actually, Jesus talked about the use of money and money itself more than he did heaven and hell. So it's, it's kind of a big subject, isn't it? So we need, to, we need to look at the scriptures and look at and see what God has to say to us about about treasures and money. So I'd like to just start out. I just want to share with you guys my, my personal testimony. That's why I'm here today, because it's dear to my heart, and I just have a lot I feel to share with you about this subject. I was uh, 21 years of age, and thinking about getting married to my beautiful wife, Karen, and I just met her that fall, and now we're in December. I'm going to move ahead to December of 1975. I was at a winter youth retreat. I was 21 years old. And I met this young man. He was younger than I was. And he said, hey, you know, I've just been to the seminar and I've heard about money and how to use money and, and how we should give or not give and what the Old Testament and what the New Testament say about giving. And uh, I was ready to listen because... <laughs> I wanted to get married, you know, someday, and I had $4.54 in my bank account. That was pretty good, right? I still, I still remember these numbers. And so my idea of giving, and I wasn't taught giving, you know, growing up. It just wasn't a subject that we had, that we had teaching on. And my idea of giving was when the basket was coming around, you know, on that side of the room, and so I'd get my billfold out, and I'd look at what's in there, and I, I saw a $2 and a 5 and a 10, and I'd take out the 2, and I'd, you know, I'd be ready to go, and the basket came, I'd put the $2 in, and that was it. I never thought any more about giving, and, and um, that, that was my idea of giving. And so this guy was sharing with me about uh, a verse that's found excuse me, found in Malachi chapter 3. And he, we'll just read the verse together. I'll read it to you. But God asked, how are we to return? I will, will a mere man, will a mere mortal man rob God? Yet you rob me. But you ask, how are we robbing you? In tithes and offerings. You are under a curse, your whole nation, because you are robbing me. 
bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be room in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will be not room enough to store. I thought, well, yeah, I'd like that. And then he says, I will prevent pests from devouring your crops and the vines in your fields will not drop their fruit before it is ripe, says the Lord Almighty. So that made me think, you know, a lot about tithing, what is tithing, and, and uh, we talked about that a little bit, and at that point there was a tenth, you know, that the, the, the people of Israel were supposed to give, and so I thought about that, you know, a tenth, how much is that, and I made actually my take-home check, I was a, driving a truck for a plumbing supply, 1975 was, um, anybody can guess how much that might have been? In 1975, how much, JR? $170 was my take-home. Good job. I took home $170 a week, so calculating that, that was uh, $17. Anyway, I was thinking about that and thinking about this scripture, and just a little background of this scripture. When the people stopped giving like they were, life went bad for them. They had to work harder in their fields. It says the vine, the fruit was dropping off before it was ripe. And there were pests, you know, coming on. Actually, God said that you're, you're cursed, really, because you're not, you're not giving. So you're having all these problems. And um, so I got thinking about, well, okay, I want to do this. You know, I, I have nothing to lose. And this young man, he encouraged me to, I want you to pray about this. You know, you need to pray about what I'm teaching you today, what I'm sharing with you in these scriptures. And so I was thinking it over, and when I, when I got home, I prayed about it and read those scriptures some more. And there's some other scriptures I'm going to be sharing with you. And I liked the idea about, about the blessing, and I felt under conviction that I, I needed God in my life and in my finances because I really wanted to get married, and I had $4.54. That's probably not too smart. And so I said yes to God. I said, yeah, Lord, I'm going to do this. I'm going to start giving to you. Uh, like the Scripture says, there's verses in the New Testament we'll get into also. And here's what happened. I went to the bank on, uh, I'd cash my check right away. I'd get my check at work on Friday, and there was no direct deposit at the time. And I'd get $170 cash, and I'd give my dad some money for rent. And I'd just, I don't know where the rest of the money went, really, before that, before I made this decision to, to honor the Lord. I don't know where the money went. Of course, it must have went somewhere because I didn't have much left. And God didn't hardly get any either. And um, so I decided when I got my, my cash, right away I started thinking about God. I didn't think about giving or anything until Sunday, you know, two minutes before the bag got to me. But now I'm thinking about God right away on Friday when I got my, my check cash. And I thought, hundred. What's 10% of 170? You guys, that's pretty, that's easy, isn't it? 
So I put $17 right aside already, you know, on Friday for Sunday coming up, and I started thinking about the Lord right away. About, and God just did something to me, to my life, and he opened the windows of my life to help me see where I was spending money and, and what I was wasting money on. And just all these ideas came to me. I used to go, to, go out to eat for lunch every weekend. On, sorry, weekends plus every day of the week. And, of course, that takes money to go out to lunch all the time. And I started making sandwiches, made sandwiches, you know, used my mom's bread and, and, uh, and lunch meat. Anyway, started saving money doing that. And all of a sudden, I started thinking about, you know, this, this car that I own, this truck that I own, is not mine. It really belongs to God, and I need to be taking care of it better. So I was, I used to, you know, drop the clutch and burn the tires, and then, of course, I'd have to buy new tires and new clutches and wasting money, you know. As you could see what the scripture says, pestilence come in and steal what's, what's yours and what should be God's. So I stopped doing that. I started taking care of what God gave me to take care of, Long story short, we got married in October of 1976, and I had $750 in the bank. And I had been giving, you know, that $17 a week. You add that up, that's, that's a ton of money, too, for that time. So I was blessing God, blessing the work of the Lord, blessing the gospel going out, and God was returning you know, a blessing to me. He really was, as that scripture says. Try me in this and see that I'll not open up the storehouses of heaven and pour out a blessing to you that there's not room enough. So that's, that's a quick, uh, quick view of my testimony, and I'd love to share that with people. Thank you, Brandon, for doing slides. Uh, Karen and I have kind of come up with some principles that I'd like to share with you based on treasures in your hearts and giving and finances. And the number one is give up ownership of everything you have to God. When you realize that God owns everything, let's go to the next slide, Psalms uh, 24.1, the earth is the Lord, and this is all supported by scripture. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. Psalms 24.1. And then go to the next slide. Yours, yours, Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the majesty and the splendor for everything in heaven and earth is yours. Yours, Lord, is the kingdom. You are exalted as head over all. First Chronicles 29, 11. One more. Haggai uh, 2.8. The silver is mine and the gold is mine, declares the Lord Almighty. So God is telling us he owns everything anyway. So if you have that aspect of God and you realize that, what, what, makes, what does that do to you? What's your part? So go to the next slide there. Um, you are then to be a good steward. It changes your function as being a good steward of what God already owns. And again, these are just things that we have learned and we love to share with you, and it's all according to God's word.
Uh, let's go to the next slide. Um, before I read that verse, I just, uh, just want to make, make it known, you know, that we just talked about God is every, owns everything and that makes you a manager of what he owns. And that's a big responsibility. And if you've practiced that and you do that, it will change your life. It'll change your church. It'll change the world you live in when you have that aspect and know, you know, this truth about God's word. And it'll draw your heart to, closer, to be closer to the Lord. Uh, let's, let's look at this verse. People should think, now this is about being a steward. People should think of us as stewards of Christ and managers who are entrusted with God's mysteries. Managers are required to be trustworthy. So you're a manager. God has entrusted you with his mysteries. Next. Luke chapter 16, 11 through 12 puts it this way. So if you have not been trustworthy in handling worldly wealth, who will trust you with the true riches? If you have not been trustworthy with someone else's property, who will give you property of your own? So that's kind of an exhortation, you know, for us to uh, be good stewards of what God has given to us. And next we've got principle number three, and I really like this one, and it talks about your heart. You know, God is looking for hearts that are dedicated to him. He really is. Next the slide. There's a beautiful verse. I love this. I love sharing this verse. It's from Second Chronicles 16:9. How many of how many of you known or seen this verse before? This is a great verse. Okay, let's read it. The eyes of the Lord range throughout the earth to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to Him. So God is really, He's looking at, at us today. He's looking at the whole earth. He wants to pick out your heart. And he wants to know that your heart is fully committed to him. And when that is true, God is going to begin a marvelous work through you, through your heart. Let's go to the next slide. Matthew uh, 23, 37 puts it like this. Jesus answered, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. You know, it's been said that uh, your, your heart is, uh, is the seat of your emotions. It's where your soul resides. That's why the Lord talks about hearts a lot. I don't know how many verses are in the Bible about hearts. Anybody looked at that? There's probably a thousand or so, you know, at least, about mentioning your heart and what your heart's all about. So God's interested in your heart. So this brings us back to uh, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And now I want to go back to treasures just a little bit. What are some of the treasures in your life that you can see that God, uh, that takes your heart away from God? I'm not going to say, you know, about the pictures that we looked at, that, that gold or fast cars or people or nice homes are bad. These are things that you have to be very careful about because they can steal your heart if you're not... Uh, careful about that. Anything that catches your emotions more than the things of God will probably lead your heart away from him. So how do we align our treasures with our hearts? That's a question. And principle number four can lead us to that, can help us understand that. It's 
called being rich towards God. Being rich towards God. We're going to look at that, and there's a verse I love. It's in 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 18 to 19. Tell them to use their money to do good. They should be rich in good works and should give happily to those in need, always being ready to share with others whatever God has given them. By doing this, you will be storing up real treasures. You will be storing up real treasure for, the, for themselves in heaven. It is the only safe investment for eternity, and they will be living a fruitful Christian life down here as well. So God is telling us in his word to store up treasures in heaven. Let's look at the next slide. I love these verses. Proverbs uh, 3, 9 to 10. Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of your crops, and then your barns will be filled to overflowing, and your vats will brim, bring over with new vine. That's new wine. That's a promise of God's. In Matthew uh, 19, 21, <clears throat> Jesus said, if you want to be perfect, go and sell your possessions and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come and follow me. Uh, another verse there. Okay, practical. Well, I've got some practical advice now. This is kind of where the rubber meets the road. We've looked at some scriptures and um, talked about, you know, hearts and treasures and, and uh, what what uh, the Lord requires of us. But I've got some just practical advice. Don't buy anything that will put you into debt. Do not go into debt to buy something. Number two, and there's a verse that supports that, the borrower is servant to the lender. Proverbs 22, 7. Whenever you go into debt, you become the servant of the person that you owe money to. And who does God want, who does the Lord want us to serve? It's him, right? We are to serve the Lord, not, not people that uh, loan us money. Next one, don't let purchases interfere with your giving. You know, if, if you're going to have a, a fast car or a boat and so on, if you can afford it and it doesn't interfere with your giving to the Lord and you use it for God, you know, that's okay because it belongs to God anyway, remember? So those are some guidelines for purchasing, purchasing things. Next slide. And uh, that, like I just said, use it for God's glory to worship him. And there's a wonderful verse there. It says, and whatsoever you do, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Colossians 3, verse 7. And uh, I've got some more practical advice. And this one is, this one's kind of a, kind of an interesting, interesting one. It's a fun one, but it, it just makes you aware. It's called keep a transaction record and go to the next slide make a spending plan but I want to talk about the transaction record a little bit I don't know if you've ever done this but it's an eye-opening thing get a get a sheet of paper and write down every penny you spend for a whole month anybody ever done that before write down every penny every penny because everything makes a difference pennies add up that you spend for a whole month don't miss anything. And the end of the month, look at that. And uh, you can <clears throat> scratch your head a little bit and say, wow, I didn't realize I was spending money, you know, $100 on Snickers bars. You know, I just, <laughs> wow. Or uh, 
$50 on Starbucks coffee. Um, what that does, it just gives you an eye-opening and responsibility as how you are doing as a steward of God's money that he's entrusted you with. And after you've got that record, that spending record or uh, transaction record, make a spending plan. Do a categorizing of in income and expenses. And write down, you know, giving should be number one. You know, uh, insurances, mortgages, and things like, you know, car, uh, gas, groceries. Write down all that stuff on, on your expenses. And then when you see your number, your income, say you, you're making $5,000 a month, take that 5000 and plug it in to what you know your, your absolute expenses are and give God some of that. And whatever's left over is what you can spend on Snickers bars. So it's just a good way of getting a handle on where your money's going. And there's a saying, I don't know if you've ever heard this, it says, tell your money where to go before you wonder where it went. Which is a responsible thing for us to do, it really is. So let's go to the next slide. Now get, get out of debt as soon as you can, because debt, again, burdens you. It holds you down, you know, from being free. Uh, get out of debt as soon as you can. I just want to mention a couple of books that you'll really love. They're great for us. One is called The Total Money Makeover by Dave Ramsey. Anybody have that? The Total Money Makeover by Dave Ramsey. It's a wonderful book. It'll help you a lot. It's a Christian book, Christian-based book. And then the other one is called The Treasure Principle by Randy Elkhorn. Does anybody have that one, read that one? Okay, that's, Alan's got that, and Mark's got it. It's a great book also. I re highly recommend those two books. The Total Money Makeover by Dave Ramsey and The Treasure Principle by Randy Elkhorn. They will be a blessing to you. So let's go to the next slide. This is kind of where the, the rubber meets the road for us. Um, you know, when you hear a sermon, you always really should be thinking about what am I going to do now after I've heard this? What's my part? And this is your part, folks. Faith and action. You know, last, uh, last Sunday, Steve was talking to us about Peter and how he stepped out of the boat. Well, this is going to be, for some of us, a stepping out of the boat, you know, starting a, a, a giving plan for the Lord and making him the Lord of our life. And it's, it's a, faith, a faith requirement. And I love this verse. The next one is Hebrews 11:6. It says, "Without faith, it is impossible to please God, because anyone who comes to Him must believe that He is, that He exists, and He rewards those who earnestly seek Him." You know how it's neat that Scripture interprets itself. Way back in Malachi, God was talking about rewards, and here, here back in the New Testament in Hebrews, He said. He's a rewarder of those who earnestly seek him. So step out in faith, and God will reward you. So, yeah, next slide. Well, we got to ask ourselves the question, where do I start in all this? As this young man recommended to me, start with prayer. You know, you're to hear the word of God, and look at it, and study it, and then ask the Lord, what's my part? What can I do, Lord? Tell me what to do. 
Next. And I, I, like to, I like to say, you know, begin, a, before we talk about how much we give, if you're here and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, that's the first part, to make him your personal Lord and Savior. Let him come into your life and take over your life so that you can spend eternity with him. That's more important than giving, knowing Christ as your Lord and Savior, making that commitment to him. You need to do that before you start giving because God will bless you that and he'll give you eternal life. Well, okay, so we ask ourselves, how much should I give? <laughs> I'd like to say that, you know, the New Testament, we're not, we don't have any rules for giving. You know what happens when you have a rule? A rule's a rule, and God's after your heart. He, if it's a rule, if he gave you a rule to give in the New Testament, then it would be like, I gotta do this. But God leaves the rules out, and he leaves it up to us because he wants your heart to be dedicated to him. Let's look at this, this next scripture. I love this one. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly nor under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. That's in 2 Corinthians 9, 17. So huh. that's, that's God's admi admonition to us. I've got some more practical advice too for that. But... Um, Right now, we are actually getting close to uh, breaking for communion, but I guess, I guess before we do that, I'll just give you a couple more uh, where the rubber hits the road. And New, New Testament, Zacchaeus, how much did Zacchaeus give? Do you remember, anybody? What happened to Zacchaeus when he came to know the Lord? How much did he start giving? He gave a half. Zacchaeus gave a half. He says, Lord, I give to you a half of what I have. And how much did the poor widow give? Gave everything, right? And well, she gave the two minus, which was, God said she gave it all. So uh, let that be your guide, you know. Um, give as a cheerful giver. But I would like to suggest to you and this is what helped me a lot. You can, you can pray about it, but if you're not giving at all, you know, or maybe, you know, a dollar or two, whatever, I'd suggest you give a tenth. Start out with a tenth. And David Alcorn in his book, The Treasure Principles, calls that a baby step. I would suggest you give a tenth of your income, and, but you need to pray about that first and let God be your guide. And that's what we started out with, and it was a, just a change in my whole life. And, you know, the Lord has enabled, enabled us to, to give a lot more than that now. But uh, that's a good starting baby step if you're not doing anything at all. And you will see that it will change your whole life and the way you look at money and the way your heart will be drawn closer and closer to God. Because like we said, God knows our hearts and he knows how much we like treasures. He, he knows how much we like money. And when we start giving to him, we're investing in God. And so we think about him and pray more and read the Bible more. It just, it just happens. You know, we're talking about treasures and hearts. And I've got some more comments that, after communion to share with you. But the Lord is wonderful. How great thou art. We're just singing about that. He is so wonderful, so awesome, and he loves us. 
And we're going to take no time now to uh, break the bread and, and drink from the cup. And it's remembering the Lord Jesus and we're honoring him and his death and what he has done for us. He's so wonderful and we owe him so much. If you're a Christian here today, this is for you. If you don't know the Lord yet, you know, let it pass. Uh, we'd love you to, to know the Lord and take communion when, you, when you've got to know him as your Savior. So I'm going to go ahead and pray for these emblems. And we're going to have, a, I think, a song going on in the background, too. And after, after that, I'm going to come back up. So let's give thanks. Father, we just love you so much. You're so awesome, so wonderful. We truly acknowledge you that you're the Lord of all. You own everything. Lord, as we've read, you want our hearts, Lord. You, you want to win our hearts because our hearts are where our affection is. And Lord, when our affection is with you, it just makes all the difference in the world. And we pray that you'd use, uh, use the treasures that we think we have and, and uh, just help us to invest them in you and your things, Lord. We love you and we pray you'd bless us as we remember the Lord Jesus, that he died for us, he shed his blood so that we could know him and have a relationship with him. Bless this time of communion to us, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. My worth is not in what I own, not in the strength of flesh and bone, but in the costly wounds of love at the cross. My soul is satisfied in him alone. That, that's really our prayer today, that he would have uh, first place in our hearts. Uh, the offering is going to be passed around during this next song, really our uh, opportunity to, to give back each week. Um, I'm just going to say a word of thanks. God, give us thankful hearts. Give us generous hearts. Uh, help us as we go through this difficult process of surrendering our lives to you. We ask that you would reign, that you would rule, uh, that you would work in our lives for your purpose in your kingdom, that you would do the same in this church, God, that you would use us to reach the community around us, um, leading people everywhere to a devoted relationship with Jesus Christ. He is our prize and our treasure. It's in his name we pray. Amen. What about hearts and treasures today? My question to you today is, you can have a seat if you like. Where's your treasure? Where's your heart? You know, earthly things will one day pass away. Look at this uh, scripture, James, or 1 John 2, 17. Look at look what happens to some of these treasures, you know, we value so much. The world and its desires will pass away, but the man who does the will of God will live forever. So God wants our hearts. He wants our hearts to be fully dedicated to him, to know him. And did you know that God is the greatest giver of all? He gave everything.
this verse we all know, but let's, let's all take it really to heart. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son. You notice it says, God gave. That whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. So put your trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. Know him as the Lord and Savior of your life. And remember that God loves a cheerful giver. It will change your whole heart and your life if you follow him and obey him in these words. So let's pray. Father, we're thankful we could come together today to hear these words of yours. And uh, your word says that we need to be not only hearers of the word, but doers of the word. Help us to obey these teachings that you have for us. They're so important to you that you've got so many of them in there for us to look at. Uh, the Lord Jesus wants our treasure. He wants him to be the treasure of our, of our hearts. Help us to do that, to surrender to him. Bless each one today as they go home and uh, follow Christ in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. I rejoice in my great peace.